Hey, this is Sean, co-host of Lux's Litter Box. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We have a very special show planned. But before we get going, if you're enjoying the podcast so far, please consider subscribing or giving us a follow in your preferred podcast hosting service. We really appreciate it. We hope you enjoy the show and go Wildcats. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us again for this week's Lux's Litter Box. We're so sorry for the complications that we faced in the last few weeks with getting a podcast up. We've had two full podcasts that have been done, recorded, ready to go. And then we've just had drama with audio corrupting. With me being on three hours of sleep. It's been a mess, but here we are now. It's working now. Thank goodness. We are back. We should release the Three Hours of Sleep podcast. I think that's a threat that we should release. Just yeah, like, like completely, like if, if it's, if Cole any, does, ever does anything bad, it's blackmail yeah. for me, honestly. If yeah. Cole ever does anything bad, makes me mad. I can just be like, well, I have a three hours of sleep podcast I can release. I don't yeah. even have to chop it up to make you sound good. I could just release well, it. Well, it would be impossible to chop me up to make me sound good. But anyway, thank you so much for joining us again. Very special guests, very interesting podcast plans recorded for the second time so you know it's gonna be good first things first cole is a celebrity now in the last few weeks cole has become a celebrity without me even really knowing one day he just comes and talks to me he's like sean guess what i'm gonna interview bob mckillop yeah so cole, how was that yeah I, I didn't tell many people i like texted my mom like oh yeah i just interviewed bob mckillop and she's like what what and like the only person i really told before going into is my older brother at carolina home of roy willett oh never mind um <laughs> uh sorry royal i'm sorry the goat but it was a great great experience um i went in thinking that i was going to be really really nervous i've been following davidson for a, a couple years now before i got into the college and he's now a 600 plus win coach he coached the greatest shooter of all time and i was like i'm gonna get in there i'm gonna be shaking while i ask some of the questions turns out he is a normal guy I had a great interview. We talked transfers. We talked recruits. We talked how the team's going to work next season. Got some great information, and it's up on the Davidsonian if you want to check it out. That's pretty awesome, Cole. I'm really proud of you. Congratulations. Uh, that's a really big deal. I and mean, there's only more to come, I, I hope, exactly. uh, to, to keep um, getting involved because it really just was such a great experience to, to really see what it's like from the inside of a program out. Speaking of prolific teams in general, guess what, Cole? We're not just a basketball school. No, we're not. We're also good at football now. I guess our freshman class is that good. I mean, now that we're here, I mean, the team's just way better. Did you know that we have a three-star wide receiver on the team? Really? Yeah. We run triple option and we get a three-star wide receiver somehow. Wow. Which is crazy. But anyway, yeah, that Davidson football team is – technically a win away from a playoff berth i don't know how the tiebreakers work but yeah it's something like a win a win or either way they control their own destiny yeah they beat san diego on saturday and and that was a really big big deal a really big deal i think san diego was on a 39 conference win streak they die they dominate the pioneer football league i mean they're not the best team in fcs they're pretty they're really good um, but but they dominate that league, and Davidson gutted them on this giant run play and was able to win by a, by a, by a, you know, a couple of points. 
but we're not experts on football, so we're probably <laughs> just going to leave that for the Lux's litter box of football. I mean, we if could we could one, talk about the NIT again. I mean, we've been the reason why we actually didn't record is because we've been putting off talking about the NIT game. That's yeah. pretty much the entirety of what happened. It's not because of like audio, whatever. We just don't want to talk about that game. We, we have tra- twice. We trashed both of them. Yeah. This okay, is sorry. pretty much. Um, we didn't play well. We lost. It's so sad. That's all we're gonna say about the NIT game. And you can hear Bob McKillop talk about the NIT game though, if you want, by going to my Twitter at Wildcat Cole, clicking the David Swain article, and you can get his reflection on on that game and and the transition for their program going into next season. We have a very special guest. As Cole describes so often, a staple of the Davidson Twitter community. Because you got to say that staple word for Cole to be able to describe something. Um, We have Davidson Decoded. Drew from Davidson Decoded here. Yeah, Drew is my rival for Davidson College Basketball Rookie of the Year. He has the analytics. He has the data. He has the savvy predictions. He has the memes, the jokes. He has everything. We're really glad to see another face on the Davidson College Basketball Twitter world. It's growing faster and faster every day. We're so glad to have you. Yeah, hey, um, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So if you were to pitch Davidson Decoded in uh, 15 words or less, what would you say? Gosh, you're going to make me like try to count words while I speak. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, it's it's just data analytics along with some jokes for Davidson College basketball fans, along with fans of the A-10 as a whole. And uh, how did Davidson Decoded start? What made you want to start doing that? Yeah, so Cole originally reached out to me, and he just needed some graphics and whatnot for his Twitter feed and blog posts on A-10 Talk. And that's kind of how I got started. I tweet out those graphics. Cole retweets them on occasion. Yeah, so I mean, maybe I was setting him up to give me some validation, some whatever. But really, I mean, when I first reached out to Drew, I had no idea. I just wanted to get another person in the scene and, you know, get some cool graphics. If you see my articles, you'll see they're the colorful, like yellow and red graphics. But but then Drew just really took over. It's great the kind of stuff he puts out there. I really enjoy seeing all of it. I mean, from crying out loud, he ran, what, 10,000 simulations for the HN tournament, and now he's doing all this probability stuff. It's a really great, great account. So awesome. You've only been here for one season, but do you have a favorite moment while doing this work for Davidson Decoded? I think kind of just getting into the whole bracket simulation stuff during the HN tournament, was that was pretty fun for me. I, I got to kind of work on that a bit, and it, it set me up for the NC2A tournament, and I'm doing work with Cat Stats on campus now for that. So, yeah, I saw a great article written for their website that Drew wrote, and yeah, I imagine the simulations were fun. I mean, I feel like just seeing that one out of ten thousand times Fordham wins is probably enough excitement and exhilaration to last a lifetime. So, <laughs> you know that bracket where Fordham won, you, you called the Duquesne upset. So I was wow. really hoping for Fordham win there, but no. So speaking of the NCAA basketball tournament, this is crazy. I don't know about you guys, but I sort of didn't watch some of the Final Four games, which hurt because I watched a lot of the tournament games before. I'm in a very competitive bracket pool for everybody that's on me and Cole's dorm floor. And so I'm actually in second place after all this. And so I've been watching the games because 
I've been trying to mount basically a comeback. One of my friends, I picked his bracket for him. And that bracket's doing better than the bracket that I picked. But I turned on the game, it's last night at this point, that was UCLA and Gonzaga. Went to overtime, ended in a buzzer beater three. I jumped off my bed, ran in circles, texted Cole, and Cole was like, oh, that game's going on right now? Uh, no, I knew it was going on. I didn't, I didn't realize it was still going on. I, I, I watched the end of the first half for like two seconds, like literally two seconds. Cole, please tell me you're at least going to watch the championship game. Well, no. Seriously? <laughs> no, I mean, the reason that I watched didn't watch. Okay, so I, I watched the Wisconsin USC game until it got bad. I watched the end of the Oral Roberts game. That's it. It just sucks because they're all Fridays and Saturdays. And, like, you know, it's like you have a really busy week and then you just want to hang out with friends. And, like, I'm going to watch all the games this summer. I'll watch the women's tournament this summer. But no, I will not be watching the championship either because um, there's a bigger sporting event that I have to watch. And that is? That is the greatest game probably of the year of my lifetime for sure. And that is the Mets opening day uh, 2021. One of the hypest rosters, uh, maybe the hypest roster, but certainly one of the hypest rosters in decades. Francisco Lindor will be playing. Jacob DeGrom will be pitching against the Phillies. I have to watch it. I'm not going to miss this. You you get a championship every year. You get a Mets being good every once in 10 years, 20 years. So, DeGrom better throw a no-hitter. If you're going to miss the national championship game for this, DeGrom better throw a no-hitter. Hey, this is Sean. I thought I'd go back and add this over in editing. But I'm sad to report that, in fact, DeGrom did not throw a no-hitter. In fact, I'm also sad to report that the Mets actually lost their opening day game. May our thoughts be with Cole at this time as he mourns another Mets loss. Okay, now back to the podcast. I mean, I'll be watching the national championship game a little bit, but then, but then I have intramural soccer, so that puts the wrench in my Mets watching, so it's going to be That's a fun, fun Monday night. Speaking of basketball tournaments and brackets and predictions and all that, Drew's actually had some really cool brackets that he's made. One of the things that we mentioned in the last episode that got scrapped and completely obliterated, Drew has actually had a really, really cool, a little bit niche, but really cool bracket that's actually done pretty well that he was telling us about earlier. Yeah, so inspired by a New York Times article, uh, I can't remember when it was published, might have been a few years ago, talking about how Catholic schools are better at basketball for some reason, whether it be funding or just the players that they're able to recruit. I created a bracket that is just all Christian schools all the way. So that is currently in the 87th percentile of brackets. It, It got Oral Roberts, Abilene Christian, all these kind of odd upsets here and there that not a lot of people predicted, honestly. So you, so you got the championship, correct? Yeah, I got the championship. Yeah. I mean, so did I, but not to flex. <laughs> See, I had Loyola Chicago in that game, so. Yeah, wow, big flex. Yep, yep. Sister Jean all the way. Wow. Um, and so do you think that since doing all these analytics and running a lot of probability stuff before the – bracket did that did that you think your brackets this year were better than in previous years better than previous years sure a lot of my brackets were just meme brackets that i just told espn fill out randomly for me but some of the ones that i like 
just handpicked are doing very well this year. So I'm going to end up having to be a Kentucky fan when they don't play Vanderbilt or Davidson, which is very shameful because normally I'm not. I, in fact, I hate Kentucky normally when it comes to basketball, but now I'm going to have to be. I'm contractually obligated to do so now that the man, the myth, the legend, Kellen Grady, is going to the University of Kentucky. Yeah, it's really big news. I'm sure everyone saw Kellen Grady did to Kentucky. What I kind of want to hear is we have a guy who has followed SEC basketball since the womb and Sean. Uh, Drew does a lot of numbers and stuff, a quantitative opinion. Drew, I'll start with you. What kind of uh, numbers or opinions you have about about this big transfer news for Kellen? Yeah, so Kellen, as we all know, is a pretty darn good three-point long-range shooter. And honestly, just looking at Kentucky's stats on Ken Palm, they were 289th in effective field goal percentage last year, which when you're a blue blood, you do not want to be shooting about 47%. But that's just not, especially if you're in a Power 5 conference. And I think that's a large part in why Kentucky just wasn't quite as good this year. They were also ranked 172nd in three-point shooting. I think Kellen's going to help them out a lot with that. Their overall like three-point ratio was 32.2, which was 292nd in the country. I I'd imagine that that jumps up a bit with Kellen. Yeah, so how did he compare this year in terms of numbers with those percentages with, with Kentucky Kentucky's players? He was... Kellen's honestly better than most of them. In terms of win shares per 40 minutes, Kellen had more than all but one relevant Kentucky player. I think, yeah, Zan Payne and Isaiah Jackson are the only two who beat him out, and Zan Payne played a whopping four minutes this year. So, uh, Yeah, and it's, it's not like he's just doing that against the lesser A-10 defenses. I mean... He played a lot better against Texas than he did against LaSalle, for example, this season. He he can play against any teams. If anything, I think he's really great at rising to the occasion. I mean, we saw what he did on ESPN on Friday 10 against Dayton where he hit the buzzer beater. I mean, I didn't expect Davidson to do that at all this season because they hadn't been great playing from behind. We saw that with Texas, Providence, etc. They proved it again that night because they didn't win. But what do you think, Sean? I mean, just like Drew said, Kentucky was god-awful at shooting this year, shooting three specifically. I think they shot like 33% for the field for three. But the problem is that that actually went up as the year went on. The beginning of the year, it was such a hindrance that, I mean, Coach Cal at one point told a lot of his younger players, I was watching a broadcast and they mentioned this, just to not shoot threes at all because of how bad they were shooting. It was comical. And the thing is, Kentucky always typically – has a lot of talent. Coach Cal does an amazing job turning basically most years a group of freshmen that are potentially one and duns that have some of them have never met each other, turning them into a team basically in just a few months. And then by the end of the year, turning them into a championship caliber team. Obviously, last year was a little bit different. Kentucky struggled a lot. They started to turn it around towards the end of the year. But for the first time in a long time, for Kentucky at least, they're going to have a lot of players returning. They have no real star coming. And so Kellen can definitely fit into that, if not being at least a contribute, a big contributor to the uh, team. And how do you think he's going to fit into Coach Cal's offense? We talked about last time, we talked about pace of play a little bit. 
just because Davidson is so, so slow of a pace of play playing team. And Kentucky typically is about mid-range. But Kentucky's running more what they call NBA sets, where it looks more like what you see in the NBA, obviously. More isolation, getting people open on fly screens, getting people open on flare screens. And so I think I think it'll be great for Kellen. Obviously, I hope the best for him. But as long as he beats out, which, I mean, he should. As long as he beats out a lot of the uh, talent that's on Kentucky's roster, I think he can be a great mentor to a lot of people on that Kentucky team, uh, first off. But I think he can really – I mean, he's already shown that he's played well against top-tier competition, and especially against SEC competition. He played Vanderbilt, for example, for the last two years. That one hurt went one-on-one against Vanderbilt. He played Kentucky a few years ago as well. And so he's already he, – the lights aren't going to be too bright. It's just going to be hoping that he can fit in, which obviously he's got a very high basketball IQ. He's worked with Coach McKillop, who's one of the most respected in the game. And so it's just fitting into the system and meshing well with teammates, which I think he will do. I'm excited to see it. What I'm not excited about is when Kellen comes to Memorial Gymnasium next year and – will probably light it up against Vandy. So, yeah, those are all great points. I think, obviously, the pipe dream for me is Kellen, a player we have no bad blood with as a school at all um, because he couldn't stay here and everything, goes to Kentucky. His story becomes nationally known, coming from Davidson, becomes one of the better players in the league. Coach Powell develops him. You know, may, you know is he going to be able to get drafted again? No, maybe get signed. Attention. And I don't know how realistic that is. Probably not extremely realistic. But – just from a logical sense, I hear people, you know, around me at Davidson be like, who don't know basketball that much. Maybe they just got here and they didn't follow the season much because of COVID. And they're like, there's no way he's going to start at Kentucky, blah, 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 blah. I think you have to realize a couple of things. One, Kellen Grady's Kellen Grady. He came in with a ton of hype. He's a four-star recruit. Was considered to be a lottery pick before he got injured, maybe, um, his sophomore year. And he was on the Naismith preseason watch list, top 50 for the entire country this year. Um, will probably be again next year, I would assume. So he's one of the top guards in the country. He has a, he has an NBA style in terms of like shooting. And I, and I think that that's number one. Number two, he had plenty of options. He was recruited by several top tier power five teams in UNC, UVA, Kentucky, and he chose Kentucky. I think that he thinks he will make an impact. I think that, I would guess he's probably definitely starting if Kentucky's players are younger again at the beginning. And I think that he'll be 20 plus 30 plus minutes the entire season. And I think the same will probably go for Carter. He's going to Murray state. I would assume that Carter Collins went there for a reason, probably liked whatever he's doing for education there, of course, but probably went there because he will get the kind of playing time that he wants. And I'm really excited, more excited than I was to see Frampton go to Western Kentucky. I'm thrilled to watch these players, although it's sad that we can't keep him like Richmond's keeping Jacob Gilliard, I think that it's really going to be exciting to see them be in a new chapter. And also that's also exciting for us because we get to welcome in Des Watson and Chris Ford and anyone else who we get, see what they do uh, and not have these players overshadowing them still. So predictions. I want to know your predictions because you are two of the most knowledgeable basketball fans I've ever met. What is your prediction for the NCAA men's tournament title. Well, I'm going to have to go with Gonzaga. 
Whoa, that's a shocker. Yeah, I know. Crazy. My model's giving them a 65% chance at winning, 30% by 10. I I think it's just going to be Gonzaga. I can't really see Baylor beating them, especially if Baylor just... I mean, Baylor looks like they're back to kind of how they looked earlier in the season, but yeah. it's just Gonzaga. I mean, Baylor destroyed Houston. It wasn't even remotely close, close game yeah. at any point. I so thought Houston was overrated all year, personally. And they did lose to ECU. I thought they were underrated going into the tournament. Maybe always overrated in terms of AP ranking. But then they made the Final Four, so... Yeah, and they didn't play a single single digit seed along the way. Okay, but that means they had transitive wins against uh, Illinois yeah, and sure. Virginia. Sure. <laughs> we'll give it to them. Yeah. No, um, I like Gonzaga. So, Cole, what's your prediction for the men's tower real quick? I want to root for Gonzaga, so I'm going to go with the Gonzaga. I mean, things are not trending in the right direction for Gonzaga to win, but I don't know. I think that they're going to play with a little bit of a chip on the shoulder because they probably wanted a little bit easier yesterday's game. I'm going to pick them. Yeah, I'm going to pick Gonzaga. I don't know. I don't really have much to say out of them. They're amazing, and I want them to win, so I'm picking them. So I'm actually going to go with, just to mix things up, I'm going to go with Baylor because here's the thing. I have Gonzaga winning in my bracket. The, the situation on the hall bracket thing is if Gonzaga wins – and I basically I win the bracket in the entire hall for our dorm hall. If Baylor wins, my friends who I picked their first round of their bracket, they win the entire bracket. So I'm really rooting for Gonzaga here. But because of multiple reasons, I'm going with Baylor because that means either way, whoever wins, I win. I either win the podcast episode or I win the hall tournament bracket. So I'll be happy either way. And I can just enjoy a basketball game. So I'm going Baylor, but honestly, Baylor really impressed me against Houston. Their defense is incredible. I've watched a lot of Baylor's games this year. They're incredibly athletic, incredibly, at times, really great shooters. Get down the hill, pace and space is amazing. So yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. So next up, please don't check your phones because this one's actually going on as we're recording. It's halfway through the first, uh, almost all the way through the first quarter. I can't check my phone. Don't check your phone because it's going on right now, and that will influence your decision. Who do you think will win the women's national title, Stanford or Arizona? Again, Conference of Champions, shout out Bill Walton. Honestly, I haven't paid too much attention to women's basketball, but I like the upset. I'll go with Arizona. Uh, they beat UConn, so why the not? Arizona. Okay. They also they also beat Indiana, who beat NC State. So yeah. I haven't I haven't really watched much women's either. <laughs> I think I'm gonna watch our women's team next year, though. I follow, I follow them this year, but the Davidson women's team should be significantly improved next year. Although they're losing Katie Turner, who was one of the greatest players in program history. But anyways, I'm gonna pick Stanford because I just want some normalcy this year. I think that I also have not followed enough women's basketball this year. But this is a crazy year. Um, there's been a lot of craziness in basketball, but moreover, everything else. And I'm picking Stanford and Gonzaga because I want something normal. And so, yeah, go Cardinals. I think this is a whole psychological episode here, though, because, like, you're talking about how you just want normality. Yeah, this is like we're really delving in the mind of Cole right here about why he wants these predictions to happen the way they do. Well, anyway, I'm going with Stanford. Go Cardinal. Also, I have not been watching as much women's basketball as I should. 
normally I'm better about keeping up with it. And I didn't keep up with Davidson's as much as I really should have. So that's what I'm going to go with. That's my prediction. Drew, do you have anything to say to, to end this off? Yeah. First off, where can we find you on Twitter? Oh, yeah. If you, we're not already following you on Twitter, where can we follow you? Yeah, so uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Davidson Decoded. That's the only social page that I run at the moment. Thank you so much to Drew for joining us. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Davidson Decoded. Or if you're not following us already on Twitter, you can follow us at LLB underscore podcast. And also follow me, the GOAT of Basketball Analysis, at WildcatCole24. Thank you again for listening. And until next week, go Wildcats. All right. <laughs>